0: Sly as a fox, coach it in pop, give him his props Here is a thought, here is a box And you cannot, compare them him at all, so don't even try Careful with the news, but when you use a take I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire Because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Yeah, fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Hey, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Whoa, fantasy round table Come take a look at the
1: crown, baby Go what is going on everybody it is monday after most of the week three action is in the books and hopefully your fantasy teams are doing better than mine because it has uh, been quite brutal these past couple weeks the uh, only thing i've got going for me is the browns are somehow finding ways to win games and i never thought i would utter that sentence but they're doing it matt how you doing today on this beautiful monday
2: doing pretty good um you know on Friday, I think I uh, I thought I had pulled a muscle in my calf uh, during our dance lesson. But then, you know, Saturday, I didn't do a lot. Sunday, I didn't do a lot. So I was feeling pretty good. And some uh, co-workers were like, it's a really nice day. Let's take a walk. And about halfway through, I felt the burning. And I'm like, no, I did pull that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds... Um... Honestly, quite horrible. I've been there before, and that's not a lot of fun, especially with a job where it requires you to be moving around a lot and yeah. you're trying to figure out how the hell you're going to do it when your leg feels like you just want it to fall off. So my
2: my friend said that the uh, calf pull now qualifies me to play for the Broncos. So that's the good news.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, you can sign a one—not even a one-day contract. Sign a year contract, get put right on IR like half the team. You'll be good to go. You fit right in.
0: First and 10 at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott, touchdown. 38 on the screen. Second down at 10, takes the snap, gives it, Chubb runs, he's in the 15, he's in the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, Fifty. there goes Chubb. He's- from Adam case on a deep drop steps up in the pocket he'll fire to the right side on oh my neck stay oh my god oh my god
1: All right. Speaking of injuries, let's just kick it off right here with uh, a big one in the Bears and Falcons game. The Falcons, man, I seriously, I don't how Dan Quinn has not still been fired yet at this point. Monday is beyond me. They gave up another what was an eighteen point lead, right? Were they up eighteen points or ten? Was it ten points?
2: They were up twenty six to ten when Trubisky came in. So sixteen points. Yeah, I think it was fifth. No one has blown to fifteen point leads in a season before, I think is what they said. and Yeah. The Falcons Falcons did it back, back done it back
1: to back weeks. Yikes. All right, but the Bears, um, again, find a way. I feel like the past three weeks just find ways to win games in the fourth quarter. This week, though, was with Nick Foles. Uh, as he comes in, uh, I believe it was either right after halftime or in the third quarter, Trubisky got pulled. Uh, he just yeah, gets to 11 here. points. Third quarter. Okay. So he gets you just the eleven points. Foles comes in and throws c- throws a couple touchdowns, gets you seventeen points. David Montgomery, seven points. Allen Robinson, thank God, Nick Foles came in, by the way, because he saved our predictions of him having a monster day. Gets you 28 points. Uh Miller gets you 13. And Jimmy Graham, the guy that everybody was starting and had as their tight end won this week, gets you 24 points. Unfortunately, as Matt was mentioning, he got injured. We did see that Tariq Cohen. Torn ACL, he has already been placed on the IR, so they kind of made that transition quick. Um, I do think that's good news for David Montgomery, unless they bring in somebody else. Yeah. The only backup they have there is Ryan Nall and David Montgomery can do everything. So if you own David Montgomery, you kind of lucked out, I guess just like the Jonathan Taylor's mm-hmm. owners lucked out. Uh, not that you want to see an injury, obviously, uh, but
2: go ahead. Well, most of the worst worthwhile running backs that were out there still in free agency are gone, yeah. you know, have signed because of so many injuries at the
1: position. Yeah, it's been uh, ridiculous, but I guess we all kind of expected that with the weird off season and and the rush to get into games and everything. We expected injuries. I, I, none of us, I think, expected it to be this bad, especially the ACLs. That's the worst part about it. right? we expected hamstrings, maybe some calf injuries, but the the torn Achilles for Mac, and then all these ACLs. Like that's a year injury, and you don't you can't guarantee anybody comes back comes back like back to what they were before that. So that's the part I think that sucked the most. Uh, but Foles does come in and replace Trubisky. So, are you expecting Foles to be the guy moving forward? I don't see how yeah. they can go back to Trubisky. At this well, they point.
2: they did announce that he is going to be the starter okay. going forward. Now, um, that just came out today. They said they were going to talk about it last night and that they would do it quickly. And you know, I most people thought he was going to be the one when they started the season. Trubisky. Yeah. The only thing I feel bad for him is he hasn't. He wasn't great, but. They were 2-0, and and it's yeah. kind of tough. I just don't think this coaching staff ever really believed in him, but you're right, you can't you can't go back. They probably destroyed whatever confidence he had after the first two weeks.
1: Yeah, it sucks, obviously, if you had him. If you had him more than likely in the drafts, I know we talked about, we said you kind of had to back him up with Nick Foles because we all expected this to possibly happen if he got the starting job. Hopefully you weren't relying on him in a super flex league if you were. I mean, I like I said, I, I just don't see there's any way. Unless Foles gets hurt, there's no way they can just go back to Trubisky. Like if Foles starts struggling next week, they're not going to be like, all right, Mitch, go on out there. I think it, it's kind of unfortunately the end of, of Mitch in Chicago. What are you doing with Jimmy Graham? Obviously he has the big week here. Is that just a, you know, I guess a byproduct of the amount of times they had to throw in the second half to catch up? Is it a Foles thing?
2: I think they like to use a tight end. Uh, you remember, um, you know, they they have they've tried to bring in different different yeah, guys. Thirty they tight like, ends
1: they bring in every offseason. They like
2: to. Jimmy Graham has three touchdowns in two in three games, which is pretty good. I will say, on Sunday morning, I decided to replace Jimmy Graham in two places. I, I had don't him starting with Logan Thomas oh, because man. I was like, no, Logan Thomas, he's going to be good, and in one place with Drew Sample. So uh, every time he caught a touchdown on Sunday, I winced a little bit, but I, I think there is some potential. You know, think about Foles uh, coming out of that Eagle system. Uh, He's always used tight ends fairly well. Um, And I think, you know, they've been trying to get somebody because they wanted a weapon. That's why a couple of years ago they went and tried to get Trey Burton. We thought he was going to turn into something never really happened, but they're looking uh, for a weapon and, You know, I think it boosts Miller. I think it boosts uh, Jimmy Graham up a little bit and hopefully restores Allen Robinson, especially with no Cohen kind of mixing in there. I think that's even better for Graham in the tight end situation.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with you on Graham. I mean, if you go back and look at some of the articles and everything that were coming out during training camp and everything earlier in the year, they were talking about how much they liked Jimmy Graham and how they felt that the Packers messed up by letting Jimmy Graham go. So they clearly were in on him. You know, I think for most of us in the fantasy community, we wanted to see it first because we've all kind of bought into Jimmy Graham the past couple of years, and he just hasn't produced. Uh, but at this point, I'm with you. I, I do think he's got a shot to be, you know, one of those guys as we we talk about all the time. It's it's just horrible, and I mean, my God, with the quarterbacks too. I I, I think this is one of the years, which I'm sure we we can probably spend more time talking about tomorrow, but. I feel like if you didn't get a top quarterback this year, you are screwed because some of these top quarterbacks have been ridiculous and they are winning you weeks by themselves on Atlanta side here. Matt Ryan has a bad day. Just 11 points. Gurley 15 Hill 15 Calvin Ridley, 16 points and Hayden Hurst seven. Uh, Russell Gage was in this game gets knocked out with the concussion, really kind of a quiet passing day um, against an okay bears defense. They're, They're not they're they're probably average, I would think. I didn't really look to go look at the stats, but I know they've been decent here uh, on defense. But Gurley and Hill both do good in the running game. Hill had a couple really good runs. Are you worried at all if you're the Gurley owner uh, about Brian Hill and what he did on Sunday?
2: I mean, it's definitely a concern if they're gonna. <laughs> should be grandpa. It's pretty great. Um, I would say it does seem like Chicago, the way you kind of attack and beat them is running week one, we saw Adrian Peterson and Deandre Swift do well at the expense of receivers, not really having a great game and Hawkinson just being okay. I can't remember exactly who Chicago played week two, but uh,
1: who I think did they running, it
2: was another g- case where the running game, Oh, they were playing the giants. Nothing went yeah. well for the giants. Yeah. Um, and as we've seen, there might be a three-way race to the bottom right now in the NFL, two in New York and uh, one right in my own backyard. But <laughs> um, so I, I think that might have been more of the factor. Gurley was was okay. Hill got a lot of his on one. I think it was a 53-yard yeah. touchdown run. If he had 15 total points, that's about 11 of the points. So It's concerning if he continues to have success. It was good that Gurley came back after that and got in the end zone because at the time that that happened with Hill, it was like, oh, I don't know. I think a bigger concern is Atlanta, what do they do well? Um, Maybe not anything consistently. Obviously, their receiving core was beat up. It was nice to see the running backs get involved. I think there's too many pieces to consistently have all of them do well. We talked about that with the – three receivers in the tight end, and you mix in now one to two running backs. The only benefit appears to be that they have no defense, so they will probably always be trying to move and put up points, so somebody's going to get points.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even really Hurst only saves your day in this one because of the touchdown. I think he gets yeah. one catch for a touchdown, and that's the only reason he saves your day. Outside of that, he really did not do much either. So
2: We could call that the full Mike Evans because that's been yeah. uh, two out of his three games.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, him and Mike Gusecki, both tight ends that I started this week in a lot of leagues, they got their one catches for touchdowns. I was hoping for more. But, yeah, it's uh, I do think it was just a little bit of a weird game. I do think not having Julio out there obviously hurt them as well. Uh, and as you mentioned, not having a defense while it hurts the Falcons team, obviously, because they can't seem to close a game out. Uh, it definitely at least helps, helps us out with our fantasy points. So I guess we'll keep that going for as long as Dan Quinn keeps his job. Rams-Bills. This was a very, very good game in the early window. Rams 32, Bills 35. On the Rams side, Goff 27 points. Henderson gets 19 uh, the Robert Woods revenge game comes through, getting 21 points, Cooper Cup 25, and then Tyler Higby 8 points. We don't know for sure when Cam Akers is coming back, but from in my opinion, from what we've seen the last two weeks, Henderson has kind of cemented himself as the best of this group. Even if, let's say, Akers comes back next week or the week after, are you expecting Henderson to get to have the workload now moving forward?
2: I think so. You know, they liked him last year when he came out and that kind of got buried when they went and got Cam Akers. I think they like to have options. Week one, he wasn't really involved, Henderson, because he was still recovering from injury. But as soon as he kind of became available, they put him out there. And the biggest thing is he's produced a lot more with the touches that he's gotten than we've seen with Akers. I think Brown's always going to be there a little bit, but I, I think they like Henderson. And I was impressed with what I saw. But can we really call it the Robert Woods revenge game if they didn't win?
1: I mean, he showed out. He had a really good game. I mean, yeah, you'd rather win the game, but uh, he he looked good. I mean, he had that one was it like almost like a swing pass. He was yeah. behind the line of scrimmage and he takes it for a touchdown. I'd feel pretty good about that. I mean, yeah, but I'm petty. So anything I do against my old team would make me feel good. So uh, worried about Higby at all. Uh, I mean he's had now two bad he's had one amazing game and then two okay games for a guy that we all expected to be I think we all had him probably in our top eight, maybe top ten at worst. I mean he's it's a little iffy. Yeah.
2: The Rams might be another situation where they have so many you know weapons, weapons that you know Are you going to get them involved? Last week, Higby and Henderson really went off, and the receivers were, you know, didn't contribute as much this week. You got touchdowns to the receivers. I I think it's the touchdowns that really are kind of making the difference. You know, he he got his bunched up. We're going to have to see how it plays out. It does seem like past Woods and Cup that Higby and then whatever. lead running back are the next best options it's just yeah. i i don't think there are many of these offenses dallas aside that can support four or five exceptional fantasy weapons
1: gotcha that that is that's a fair point on buffalo side here Allen 31 points singletary 16 Diggs 14 beasley 16 thank you cole beasley thank you i was forced to start you and in- you Came through for me, buddy. I'm very appreciative of that. And then Tyler Croft, 18 points. Uh it did suck to see Dawson Knox was out with the concussion because it looked like he was in for a really big game. Me and me and Matt both big fans of him here.
2: And John three passing
1: touchdowns to, yeah. to tight end. Yeah. Lee
2: Smith gets one. Croft gets two. I was so bummed.
1: Yeah. Uh John Brown does get hurt in this game. I believe doesn't even get a target or a catch in this one. Gives yeah, you the big bad zero. Yeah. And then uh, Allen obviously has the amazing game. He's been outside of Russell Wilson, I think the best quarterback, MVP, NFL, fantasy wise. Like he's been amazing. Is he a top five quarterback for you moving forward?
2: Yeah. And, you know, I wrote in my uh, Monday recap today, one of the things that I think we can kind of look at is he's a good NFL quarterback. He's had 300 plus passing yards in each of the first three games, his first three of his career, you know, you want to see a guy taking that third season leap, 10 TDs to only one interception, but probably the most important for him in particular, 71.1% completion percentage. Yeah. The big knock on Allen has been consistently, he can't complete passes. They went and got Stefan Diggs. He has John Brown. He has a pretty good core of weapons, but he's actually doing it. When you, you know, they surrendered kind of a big lead. He got hosed on his one interception, in my opinion, yeah. with the – Simultaneous possession, which I've never seen go to a defensive back that somehow went to the Rams Helped them have that comeback and they went right back and they didn't have any fear That Allen was going to take him down. What Probably is more concerning to me is if you had pieces of this running game because it's going to be a split Moss was out and you still didn't see a whole ton from Singletary. I think they're more of a pass offense. Does that shift? when we get into the you know snowy months in Buffalo, which is probably a week and a half away. Yeah. Know, Buffalo, New York, but you know, he looks really good and he looks like he's kind of coming into his own. And, you know, we're starting to see him this third year of that big, deep quarterback class. There was a lot of questions about where people were going to line out. And I would say he and Lamar Jackson have kind of started to separate themselves from the pack.
1: Oh, I feel like they separated themselves last year alone. Uh, I think, um, uh, for me, it's funny that we that you say that about Diggs, right? Because I think we I feel like we talked about that in the offseason that Diggs coming here was a perfect fit for the way that Allen is and the way he was quarterback. Yet we weren't that big on those two together. Like we kind of lowered Diggs. We still all I believe we all still had Allen in our top twelve, but a lot of that was, at least for me, was the rushing ability. But we all kind of dropped Diggs and then he's come in here and shown that he is just as good and it's all about him just not getting the volume in Minnesota and he's getting it what's going on Dennis glad you could join us Um, uh, you know it's good to see him getting that I, he's he's the one guy I wish I would have just stayed bought in on because you were getting him in like the sixth seventh round in some dress and he's I think gonna end up he's one of those league winner types now at this point especially if they're gonna keep going to him as much as they are but yeah
2: yeah and I have him in a few dynasty leagues and you know he was a guy that people were were trying were selling kind of on the cheap. Yeah, I think we all had him just outside wide receiver two. I would say he, I still probably wouldn't put him at wide receiver one, but he does look like he's going to be a strong mid to yeah. upper wide receiver two, which is pretty good.
1: I would uh, say considering he- where you were getting him. If I had to read, I'd, I'd probably have him 14, 15 for me right now. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, like you said, I don't, I think all of us had him like 25, 26, 27. I don't think any of us had him in the 30s, but he was. Yeah, I had right. him at 25. Yeah, sure. he was right outside that wide receiver too. And he's just like, God, look, why? right where we, I had Calvin Ridley also. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. I wasn't big on Ridley either. Both those guys bad are making job. me look really bad this year, really bad. They're, they're my Derrick Henrys of this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's. It's hard not to my my biggest fear. And he did kind of prove it yesterday was he Allen did do this a lot last year, but it was always against bad teams. And when he played good teams, he would seem to struggle. He would still get you like 16, 17 points, but it wasn't these. I do think the Rams are a good team. So the fact that he was able to go out there and do that. And even though he still got helped out by the refs a little bit at the end of that game it still took a lot of him with putting that team on his shoulders to end up winning them that game. So I'm with you. I think Allen easily is top five. And I think if Russell Wilson wasn't playing completely out of his mind right now, we would be talking about Allen as the best QB on, uh, in the NFL and for fantasy. Washington and Cleveland, uh, Cleveland somehow finds a way to win this 34 to 20. I, I would, it did not look like a good game for a long time. If anybody else was watching this on Washington side, Haskins, just nine points, Gibson 13, McKissick, eight, Dontrell Inman. Uh, 18 points terry mclaurin 12 and logan thomas 7 mckissick had more snaps but gibson did look like the better runner what are you expecting out of these two uh throughout the rest of the year
2: yeah it looks like they've been pretty evenly splitting i went and looked uh let me pull up the graphic. somebody posted the uh the snap count i must be looking at the lines and mckissick had more i was surprised he had more snaps it looks like he's consistently had more snaps could be what i I think it was dennis talked about on friday blocking yeah um you know somewhat mckissick's not really producing gibson looks like the better uh, runner and the better option there but i saw a lot of tweets after he scored a touchdown that you know this is gibson's backfield he's dominating he's not dominating the touches no, yeah. um, he's dominating in terms of being the only potentially relevant one. Washington just not a high volume offense, you know. So twelve to thirteen points isn't bad, but there are some people. I mean, we saw some crazy trades that I think we all thought were a little too crazy, where you're giving yeah. up first and stuff. He doesn't look like he's C E H. Let's you know, let's put it into yeah. perspective a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think he, he's showing to be exactly what we all thought he was going to be, a middle, low-end RB2. And I just think that's what you're going to have until s- till they either move McKissick away and make Gibson the guy completely, which I don't think is going to happen. Because watching that game, McKissick actually had some pretty good plays. Now, I do think Gibson is the better player, but I don't think McKissick's just going to go away. So, Gibson, you're just – you oh, know, and they signed him in the
2: offseason, too. They had yeah. a – they had a plan, and Barber's still mixing in some, um, you know. So Gibson's good, and it's a solid play. I like the dynasty investment. I just the people that said you have a set it and forget it running back, I'm not really sure we've seen anything to justify that.
1: Yeah, Uh for McLaurin and Inman here, uh, Inman had the big day. Big day uh, again. I think anybody who's targeting the second cornerback on Cleveland's going to have a big day. It was interesting to watch this because McLaurin was on ward most of the time, but Washington did a good job of moving him around to a couple times where for God knows what reason Cleveland would leave a linebacker covering Terry McLaurin. And I thought that was just about the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. And there was one play, I think he got like 50 yards on one catch because the, they moved a linebacker on him. And within three steps, McLaurin had already created like seven yards of separation. And then he just, he just kept going. It was, it was, you know,
2: it's amazing to me that Dan Quinn could coach the Cleveland defense and the Atlanta yeah. defense at the same time. I'm maybe, right that, the, maybe that's the problem. They're just stretching them too thin. He
1: can't. That is probably it. Play. You know, I'm I'm thankful enough that Kevin Stefanski has stayed on as the offensive side and at least run the ball to kill the clock. So they don't come back and beat these teams. Don't come back and beat us. But yeah, it's, we got some problems on defense, and I'm ter- terrified of this game Sunday, as we were talking about right before. But uh, Inman did get hurt. I saw the hit, and, and when he got hurt, he kind of yeah. got sandwiched. Uh, it looked like a helmet hit the wrist.
2: Uh, and the x-ray came back negative, so no yeah. fracture, but definitely bears watching.
1: How Well, how deep a league are you have to play in before you're thinking about starting Inman. I guess is the, is what is the question asked? Because I don't think as much as I love my Browns, this was a easy matchup for them. I, I don't expect them to have this quite as many good matchups moving forward. And I still think McLaurin's the guy.
2: Well, in a sixteen-team league, where I was estimated by injuries, I actually started Steve Sims. So oh,
1: there you go. So you're wishing started men. Twenty
2: twenty has been. Rough, you know, you can, we rank sixty wide receivers, and for frequently I find myself going beyond that, trying to figure out how I'm going to patch holes. You know, so especially in dynasty where almost everyone's owned. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's oh man, I don't know, it, it's rough. I don't know if I would trust him every single week, but I mean, at this point, you're not getting no. Justin Jefferson off the waiver wire, who obviously had an amazing week. So you got to just do what you can, I guess. Well, I uh, redraft. Oh yeah. Redraft. Yeah. I'm talking about dynasty and dynasty. There ain't yeah. no way just Jefferson's just unless someone was just stupid and dropped him. Uh, on Cleveland's side. Baker, just 14 points. Chubb 24, hunt 14 Odell nine Landry seven and Austin Hooper five Harrison Bryant does get uh, the touchdown here. I, uh, you know, we talked about in Joku being the guy, none of us here have been in on Hooper I think Bryant's the guy moving forward. I don't think he's going to get a ton of work, but he's going to end up getting those touchdowns. They did get Hooper involved early, actually, in the game. I think in the first drive, he got like three or four catches. Like, holy shit, Austin Hooper's actually getting involved in the offense. But then he got hurt, and then he came back in, and they stopped using him. What are you doing with the Browns' passing game, though? I'm a little worried. My my biggest thing, I will say is that Washington, as good as their defensive front is, if you actually look at the fantasy points and just yards and everything against NFL-wise, as good as that front seven is, they actually give up more on the ground than they do in the back end. And I do think that's also because of how how quickly that defensive line can get to quarterback, so they're not able to throw the ball as much. So I, I do think that's a little bit of this. If I don't know if anybody watched the game like I did, but Baker was – Montez Sweat had Jedrick Wills running in circles yesterday. It it was bad. Sweat had his number. He was in the backfield as soon as Baker said hut on some plays. So I'm not fading him completely. Or I shouldn't say this. I'm not fading Odell completely because they did try and get him involved. I'm really worried about Landry at this point. He's a volume wide receiver, and I don't think he's going to get that volume anymore. I think it's going to be Chubb and Hunt, Odell, Bryant on some of these big plays. And then Landry just, whenever they need that big third down play, he was going to Landry every single time. But outside of that, they did not target him that much.
2: So I think lowering expectations is probably good. This is really kind of a a make or break uh, to to get a sense of this passing uh, offense because they're going to play Dallas in in week four. Dallas's pass defense has been mostly a rumor. Um, they've allowed a lot of yards and points and they're capable of putting up a lot of yards and points, which also, you know, is problematic for the Browns secondary. So there should be, you got to see what you get there. I think the philosophy is they want to run. They have two running backs that can run and that can catch passes. I thought that was going to knock the ceiling for the passing offense down a little bit. This is a little further down than I was expecting. You can bounce back. Uh, let's see what they do in week four, but I think definitely a lot of people that had hopes that OBJ was going to go back to being kind of a, a top 10 receiver. That feels like a bit of a stretch.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I did, I did predict but at least to have one like a... game. At least that is true. Game. That is true. I just feel bad because, like, I really thought this was the game. I was like, you know what? I've just, I feel it. They're connecting again. I was like, Odell's going over 100 for, like, the first time in, like, a year. And, yeah, didn't happen. Didn't even get a touchdown, but I'm with you. At least, at least the Browns are winning games, probably not winning this weekend. So I'm going to be back in the back in a shitty mood next Monday, but I'm going to enjoy it while I can. At least we'll only be 500, which we haven't been for 84 yeah, games. straight. So in,
2: This one's in Dallas, right?
1: Yeah. Are you yeah. going to try to go? I am not. Tickets are about $600 a piece and I would just rather sit at home and order like a $16 pizza, get some beer and watch the game at my house. That would be a lot more fun for me than spending $600. So yeah, I actually have a friend who's got tickets and he was like, I can get them for you to you for like 450 a pop. And I'm like, still a little bit more than I want to pay my friend. So I'm just, I'll just watch it, which is probably better because. Everybody of my, all of my friends that would go with me here are all Cowboys fans. And if the Browns do yeah, lose, that is much. going to be bad. Now, if yeah. they win, I would have loved to be there live and like, ah, yes, yes, Baker. But I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that's not going to happen. So Tennessee at Minnesota, this was another thrilling game. Uh, Tennessee comes back to win this one. 31 2 30. On the Titans side, Tannehill, 12 points, Henry, 27, Corey Davis, 11. My guy, Khalif Raymond, just a week early on that, 14 points, and then Johnu Smith, 11. Uh, So Henry finally has his big game. Um, I'm going to be honest, outside of that, I'm not taking much out of this game. It's just kind of a bad game for Ryan Tannehill. We expected it to be a better game with the way everybody's been kind of passing all over Minnesota. Uh, I'm, as much as I joke about Khalif Raymond, I'm not buying much into him. I think A.J. Brown should yeah. be back soon, and it's going to be back to Brown, John, Tana Tannehill, and Henry are the only guys you're worrying about. What are, what are kind of yeah. your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, same thing. That ball over the top would have been A.J. Brown and would have been in the end zone, I think, if it was yeah. to Brown. Um, you know, Raymond – when, when they're missing Brown, I think Brown, the dimension that Brown can give them that you can't get from Corey Davis and you sure can't get from Adam Humphreys is that kind of deep ball. So um, they didn't really need that maybe the week before because they were moving the ball intermediate. But for all those people that were worried that the wheels came off the Henry bus, hopefully you can relax a little bit here.
1: Yeah, or sell high. That's what I would do, as high as you possibly can right now. On a Minnesota side, so Kirk Cousins I mean, bounces back, he doesn't get you negative points. 19 points this week. Dalvin Cook 25, Adam Thielen 12, Justin Jefferson 30 points, and then Kyle Rudolph. I know it's only nine points, but that was one of the best catches I've seen all year so far. In the back of the end zone. I was like, Holy and that's
2: unfortunately one of the reasons we're not gonna see. I think that we're not gonna see an Irv Smith breakout because yeah. Because Rudolph still brings some of those good veteran things and he can do some things and he's not going away quite yet.
1: Yeah. That is that is the worst part about it. That's actually what I was thinking about too when I saw that. I was like, man, it kind of makes sense why they haven't gone more in on Irv Smith because Kyle Rudolph is still playing that way. But what are your takeaways from uh, Justin Jefferson? Is this his breakout match out break up breakout game? There we go. That's what I wanted to say.
2: Yeah, and there's been a lot of talk that the slot corner uh, for Tennessee is a real vulnerability for them. And I think that we've seen that. Um, you know, they gave up quite a few yards and points to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars the week before. We we thought Jefferson was going to be good. I like his prospects a lot better than Ola BC Johnson for the long term. I don't think that getting like 170 yards receiving and a couple of touchdowns is what you should expect every week. But. Uh, The Vikings, to be successful, they have to have somebody other than Adam Thielen to be able to target because he's getting raked on coverage and something to pull uh, coverages away from the line of scrimmage to give space for Dalvin Cook to operate. So the more that they can get him and a Rudolph going, I think the better it will be for the Vikings. Just kind of a... A shame because their offense finally came back to life. They built the lead. It looked like they were kind of getting some momentum and to come back and end up 0-3 after that. It's feeling a little, I know we gave you a grief for the 4-12 and prediction, but it's sort of feeling like Minnesota might be in kind of a little bit of no man's land this season.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I won't lie. Part of that was just because it seems like Mike Zimmer is, goes like every other year, having a good team and then a really bad team. Uh, but I mean, Jefferson did get nine targets last week, or last week, last uh, yesterday. So he, I mean, he led that there. Do you think that's more of a just Adam Thielen? I mean,
2: I-, I mean, he's he got targets the first couple of games too. He just wasn't able to put it together. And we thought it was going to take a little while for rookie receivers to get on track. He might be the one that, you know, Lamb has done pretty well getting off. Yeah. If uh, if Jefferson can get going, we you know we thought it was a really talented class, and they're getting a lot of opportunity. Judy has had a lot of opportunity as well. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get to see Rager back. We saw Brandon Ayuk getting involved. You know, so I think there there was a lot of talent. There was a lot of depth in this class, and now we're seeing them start to take advantage of those things. If you think about it, with no preseason, you're about the time in. Actual gameplay where you would start seeing those guys explode to get excited. So if I'm a Minnesota fan, really bummed I'm 0-3, but I'm definitely feeling a little more optimistic about my offense than I did the week prior.
1: Raiders and Patriots here. Patriots win this one 36 to 20 on uh, the Raiders side, car 15 points, Jacobs, nine Hunter Renfro 20 and Darren Waller two. We talked about this Friday. We thought that Waller would be the guy uh, that the Patriots try and take away. They did. He, he really kind of struggled in this one. Uh, Edwards hurts his ankle, which is unfortunate. Are you believing in uh, Hunter Renfro now knowing that Ruggs is hurt? Brian Edwards is banged up, or you think it was just kind of a one-off game?
2: it feels like they're playing whack-a-mole with their receiver a little bit. You know, we saw Nelson Aguilar catch a touchdown week one. We saw Zay Jones getting the end zone week two week three. It's Hunter Renfro. I think all those guys are going to be involved at times. We saw Jones and Aguilar making catches yesterday as well. They tried to get uh, Edwards involved. Ruggs could be back. He'll get involved. They're getting the tight ends involved. They're doing two or three running backs. I've Renfro had a connection with carr at the end of last year so that bodes well for him but i don't know that i feel confident to start any raiders wide receiver at this point i think it's all a gamble
1: yeah i think for me it's waller jacobs that's that's about all you can trust again we kind of expected a be better a day, day from waller.
2: jacobs because this is two kind of me- yeah. mediocre games in a row from jacobs it really look like Week one, he was exploding into the top five back that we thought he might be this offense. And the last two weeks have really taken a step back. I'm not hoping for it. I just thought there was potential for it because they seem to want to use him as a workhorse. Maybe that was just Carolina because everybody's run on Carolina. And maybe, you know, some questions now for me.
1: Back to that mid-tier RB2 that I said he was. I love it. I love being proved right. Uh, New England side. Cam Newton has a little bit of a down game here. 11 points. Sony Michelle comes out of nowhere with 16, as does Rex Burkhead with 34. Edelman disappointing in this one. Four points. And Nikhil Harry, five. So big game for the running backs. Now, uh, you know, Burkhead out there getting a ton of work, catching balls out there looking like James White. What are you expecting moving forward? Because there's a shot that Damian Harris comes off IR now this week, but this is the best that we've seen Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead look so far this year.
2: And it's almost like Sony Michelle watched the pregame where they talked about the fact that Damian Harris was potentially coming <laughs> off IR, and this was Sony Michelle's last chance to prove he deserved the job. Uh, he ran like he thought he deserved the job. I don't. The Raiders had a real hard time stopping the run. They were better against the pass. They didn't have to throw as much. They didn't have to run Cam as much because they were finding success with run. Uh, you know, Burke had got two of his three touchdowns as a running back. I mean, he he looked like Danny Woodhead returned. You know, uh, with the way he was going. I'm gonna be curious to see what they're. It's not just Harris can come off of IR. White can come back, um, you know, as well. It's not like he was injured or he's going to lose his job f- for something. He had a personal situation. It's going to be interesting to see what the mix is. And, you know, were we only seeing more Nikhil Harry in week two because they didn't have those running backs? Because now it certainly seems like if they had their druthers, they'd be using their running backs as weapons all over the field and Cam running when they needed to. But then again, it's the Patriots, and they could have a different offensive philosophy every week. The only sure thing is you should not be starting a tight end.
1: Yeah, and I I think, in all honesty, I'm still avoiding all these running backs as well. Like I've been all in on the Harris train for them. I still have him in a couple places. I'm holding on to him because I, I do want to see what happens when he comes back. But I do think it hurts his value a little bit, knowing that Rex Burkhead and Sonny Michelle went out there perform the way they did Sunday. Had they sucked, I'd have been like, "It's all, let's go, Damian Harris, all day long." Well, but even J.J.
2: Taylor looked good running the ball too. Uh, you know, when he came in, I thought he looked good at times. So Harris will probably get mixed in when he comes back. But I don't. I think it's foolhardy at this point to think anyone's going to get a lion, you know, like yeah. a, a stranglehold on that job
1: uh 49ers giants the 49ers win this one 36 9 nick mullen 17 points jarek mckinnon 16 um jeff wilson 21 brandon Ayuk 21 and jordan reed four points reed actually was i thought looking pretty good before the ankle slash knee injury looked rough you could tell when he he kind of got that ankle sprain trying to drag his foot uh in the back of the end zone mckinnon gets a rib injury here now uh, what are your thoughts on on the 49ers and the running backs again the Kyle Shanahan does an amazing job of getting these running backs in the open field, drawing up really great run schemes. We don't know what's a Tevin Coleman's on IR. Is McKinnon going to play now? They got Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty. Uh, you know, just what, what are you looking or what are you thinking about with all those running backs right now?
2: I think every week you can start one to three running backs out of San Francisco. I started McKinnon and Jeff Wilson in places this week uh, kind of out of necessity, and I wasn't sad that I did. You know, we saw McKinnon and Mostert. You know, I think when Mostert comes back, he's probably, you know, 1A, but McKinnon yeah. looks like he's earned 1B. Um, you know, rib injury, they didn't say how serious it is, but I. Uh, the basic thing is you find a running back that's in San Francisco, you put him in. Jeff Brito looks like, or Matt Brito looks like he's never played before in Miami. Yeah. He was good and somebody you wanted when you were in San Francisco. I think it's, you know, Kyle has learned from his father, Mike Shannon, when he was at Denver, we, you know, we had guys you had never heard of like Mike Anderson undrafted, just come out there and run for 1200 yards. You knew whatever running back you were going to get was going to produce. That system seems to consistently produce. And that's something he seems to have brought with him to San Francisco. And I'm excited. They're getting him involved more in the passing game. Cause that was something we didn't see last year. Yeah. They always seemed to put a cap, you know, this, kind of the the ceiling feels a little bit uncapped if they're going to start throwing to him.
1: What are your thoughts on um on IU? coming mean, I I loved IU coming in. We we did the show with uh, Ricky and Stoops predicting. Or he was my kind of outside the box uh, shot for rookie of the year. I thought with his playmaking ability, him landing in San Francisco was a perfect spot for him. But what he can do after the catch, I will be honest, I did not get to see a lot of this game, so I'm not gonna lie, I was surprised he got 21 points. I didn't, I did not watch any uh, of this game, so I'm I'm leaning on you to tell me what you thought about him.
2: He did pretty good, five for seventy in the passing game. Also had three carries, thirty-one yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, so his touchdown kind of came creative rushing wise, was things we've seen him do with Debo Samuel. Uh, one of the reasons, you know, that Samuel had such a good rookie year, um, the way they find creative ways to get them involved. I think he's coming on. I can't tell. Do the if it's just that the Giants are that bad or. It's me, yeah.
1: Nick, Nick Mullins look like he
2: might be better. The I don't want to stir up anything, but watching, no. right. I mean, yeah. they look like they might be better.
1: So here's the thing, and I, I wish I could remember who said this. I'll have to go back through my Twitter feed because I'm pretty sure I retweeted it. There was someone on there who said, don't be surprised if Nick on Twitter that I retweeted and said, don't be surprised if Nick Mullins is not the starter for the San Francisco 49ers in 2021.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are
1: people that really believe in him there that obviously don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, and I I think a lot of that too. It's not even just—I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that. Nick Mullins might have been. It's just that Jimmy G's just not. It just doesn't seem like he knows how to throw the ball. Like he's accurate, but he just confused. He just looks confused. Doesn't seem to get the ball out in time. I I, just—I don't like him back there either. So yeah, I'll, I'll be. Maybe this is a, a tie rod situation happening in San Francisco, where Jimmy G is going to come back when he's a hundred percent healthy, and he's going to be like ninety percent healthy for like the next four or five weeks. That, see if is on good. on
2: to the Chargers doctor to see if he can yeah, do a I mean,
1: We need a consultation. Yeah, can you come in here and take a look real quick? Uh, on the Giants side, it was just bad. Uh, Daniel Jones, eight points. Devonta Freeman, which I was actually surprised he played one point. Dion Lewis, yeah. two.
2: Freeman
1: led them in carries, actually. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I I kept when I saw that he was. When I saw that he was, I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "They're really already playing him?" Okay. Uh, Wayne Gallman three, Darius Slayton six. Excuse me. Golden Tate eight points and Evan Ingram five. I'm avoiding all Giants at this point. I mean, it sucks because we talked about this Friday. I've like thought that maybe Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton could have like a sneaky good game here together because of how bad the secondaries beat up for the 49ers. In fact, I played them and a couple big cash DFS games. But guess mm-hmm. guess who who are the people that I put in my lineup though, as well? Rex Burkhead. Mm-hmm. I had uh, oh. Jeff Wilson in. So had I just gone with the stack that I wanted of Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, I looked at it today, I would have won a dollars in one of those. But I decided no, I'm going to be cute money. and I'm going to go Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not happy, so I'm avoiding them at all costs. I think like there's some leagues I, I have to play Darius Slayton, like you were talking about, just based on the injuries. But if you don't have to play a Giant, I think I'm avoiding him at all costs. It's just they're just bad. They're just bad. Yeah.
2: Daniel Jones looks like he's taking a ginormous step back.
1: Baker, Baker uh, from last year.
2: Yeah, so maybe he really is missing Pat Schirmer. Uh The one thing I would have argued, Jason Garrett was not a great head coach and he was not a good time manager, but I always thought he was pretty good at developing offenses. You know, he worked with Romo for a long time and he was pretty good. He was there when they drafted Dak and, and believed in him and got him going even, you know, from a rookie year, looking pretty good. They've... You know, the Giants on paper seem like they have a lot of pieces, but on the field it has been god awful in all phases. I think it's like they watch the Jets game and they're hold my beer is almost what's going on. If I was a New York fan, I don't even I don't even know what to say about this.
1: It's gonna they, be interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. They're
2: just the most surprising to me in terms of yeah. how bad they look.
1: Oh, I agree. I didn't expect either one of these to be this bad. Like, I think I had both of them toward the bottom in their conferences, but not this bad. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be, what I was going to say, it's going to be very interesting if these two continue to look this bad. Like, there's a real shot that they end up being the one and two picks in the draft and both supposedly have their quarterbacks. So what does that mean? Will one of them end up taking Trevor Lawrence? Do they move on? (laughs) Like, that's going to be very interesting to
2: watch. If I'm the Jets and I'm number one, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence oh. because Sam Darnold has not shown me any, anything. Daniel Jones had stretches last year where they had a lot of injured weapons where he looked like he has some potential. I, don't, I just don't think we've ever seen it from Darnold. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. They don't have a very good offense, and maybe they don't have a very good coach, but – if I'm the Jets, I would just start over, and maybe Man. Darnold needs another chance somewhere else.
1: I mean, I hate to say it, I think if I'm the Giants, I'm doing it too. I, if I mean, I'm,
2: if Denver ends up in the bottom, I would take Lawrence too. I was thinking about it yesterday. I,
1: I mean, if I'm those guys, I just, I mean, I think I don't think Darnold does, but I think Jay, if you were to go those three, like let's just off off topic really quick, those three were the finished the bottom three. I think you could easily, if you're the giants or Denver turn around and trade Daniel Jones and drew lock and get some kind of capital back. Well, uh, Jones, I think you could still probably get a first lock, probably a second. I don't, uh Darnold. I don't, I don't even know Darnold. I think he had so much promise, but as you, like, I agree with you. He just, he hasn't shown all uh, he's had like, Maybe a handful of good plays in the past couple of years, a handful. Like he hasn't shown you enough. So you're those top three guys. Like you could get capital back and then still take a Lawrence Fields. I mean, I don't, for me, there's not anybody else really up in that category. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what I mean, happens. I don't with those guys. totally give up on, on Locke because he's no, he's no, yeah, injuries, I'm
2: with that. The concern somebody else brought up is he's now had two major throwing arm entries because that's actually what kept him out as a rookie kept him on IR was thumb, but now shoulder, yeah, shoulder and seeing how bad Tennessee's um, defense has fared in the two games since they played Denver makes me reevaluate what I thought of his week one performance a little
1: yeah. bit too. I have to be honest. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. They're, I mean, they're a defense that I believed in. I own their defense in the leagues that I played defensive unit things. I've, had them everywhere and they have not helped me at all. So yeah, it's, it it has not been good. Uh, we already, we have officially have our first tie of the 2020 season. I expect about three more because it's 2020, uh, the Bengals and the Eagles both score 23 in this one, uh, Cincinnati side, Joe burrow is it's, I'm thankful that he is okay because he got absolutely decimated on that one hit. Yeah. Still looks amazing. 20 points though. Joe Mixon, eight. Geo, eight. Tyler Boyd, 22. T Higgins, 21, which I'll get to in a minute. AJ Green, eight. And Drew Sample, my favorite tight end in the world. 1.1 1. 1 point. Started sample in a couple places because of Kittle being out. That didn't help me out. Then one. I was trying to make a trade in a 16-team heavy IDP league to try and get another wide receiver. I've got, like, four running backs. We can only start two running backs, three wide receivers. And I've got, like, Hunt, Swift, Zeke, uh, who else? Two other, like, I've got four or five starting running backs. I was trying to trade someone for Boyd. And at the last minute, it didn't look like it was going to go through, and I had Adams in my lineup. And I was like, you know what? It's like, it was between Adams, um, who was my other one? Oh no! It was yeah. It was T Higgins. I had T Higgins. Like you know what? Just throw T Higgins and see what happens. I forgot. Never did it. Had I done that, I lost by five points. I would have easily won that matchup. So a little bit upset about that. Uh, but what are you doing with a uh, Mixon moving forward? This is now the third week in a row. And I want to. We did see this out of this out of him last year though too. Like he struggled out of the gate and then really kind of turned it on. Doesn't look like Geo's going away though. They keep using him. Mixon just does not look the same. Like what are you, what are you doing if you have him right now?
2: You can't trade him because you never get the value. Um, you know, I've seen some people just basically lose a trade because they want to get him off their roster. I'm not to that point, of course. I not a problem I have because uh, he was not one of my favorite guys for reasons that have nothing to do with his play on the field. It's very curious. They have a better offense. The, the, where you gave him grace a little bit last year seemed to be that their offensive line was decimated and they could not block. Their line's a little bit better, not demonstrably better, as we've seen. I'm, I'm legitimately concerned that Burrow's going to be able to make it through 16 games with some of the hits that he's taking. But I, I think the reality is Nixon may have had top 10 running back upside but he has middle RB2 reality. And sometimes he can't even hit that like eight and a half points. Probably wasn't a great flex play for people. And so if you took him to be your RB1, hopefully you were aggressive, played the waiver wires. Maybe you got a guy like James Robinson, who's going to help patch it over. Maybe you can pick up a guy like Mike Davis to help patch over for the next few weeks and hope that mixing can turn it on. But He's another one. I think you know we've seen enough this year that we have to lower our reasonable expectations.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah I, in the in the two leagues that I have him, he's been benched. The, I benched him this past week. I was like, I'm just gonna go with. Luckily, in those, I actually have Taylor in both of them. Like, Mixon was my first round pick, and Taylor. I had, so I've just moved Taylor into my RB one spot. I don't remember who I have as my RB2, but I think one of them I know is Sanders because I went heavy RB early in that one. I don't remember who the other one is, but I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think at this point you have to bench him until he goes off. There's just there's no point in starting him uh, maybe with the injuries. Even eight points, I guess, could help you win a week. But at this point, you can't expect him to be that RB1 he was moving forward. For Philly's side here, uh, Wentz. I mean, he looked really bad, but it comes through for you in fantasy. 21 points. Miles Sanders, 14. Greg Ward, 20. Zach Ertz, 14. And of course, Goddard, 1. Ankle injury. Um, there was a lot of talk that I heard today that he's going to miss time, yeah. uh, but they haven't so, said for sure what. So now Goddard's out. Wentz has looked bad. That offensive line has been horrible. Even Sanders struggled in this one against one of the best, like, get-well games for your run game. How worried are you about the Eagles offense?
2: I'm tremendously worried, you know, and I think there was a lot of people that said, Hey, this, this Philly team got kind of lucked out last year and they, they have some serious issues that aren't going away. And that appears to be the case. I don't think we've seen Jeffrey play a single game this year. Uh, Rager obviously now down and out. They had traded for Marquise Goodwin who opted out. We're not really seeing huge pop from their running game. Their line is in shambles. Um, they're gonna hopefully figure some of it out, but right now they're kind of an avoid. I'm like you, my Carson Wentz is one of my Scott Fishbowl quarterbacks, which is yeah. sort of a bummer right now.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I really kind of bought into Wentz. I thought it was going to be a good year for him. I mean, you guys know that I had the Eagles winning the East. So I was I was all in on that offense. I thought yeah, Wentz. He was
2: QB eleven with no receivers last year. So you thought, yeah. hey, you know, maybe he should be a little better, but
1: yeah, It's not working out for me. I've dropped him in a bunch. Like a matter of fact, three of the ones I had him in, two of them were redraft. I dropped him for Herbert this past weekend and picked up Herbert and was rocking with him um texans and pittsburgh pittsburgh wins this one 28 21 for houston deshaun watson 17 points david johnson 12 randall cobb 19 will fuller 15 jordan Aikens, four. is there a a receiver that you feel confident starting week to week right now on houston
2: no so we saw will fuller game week one we saw the brandon cooks game week two we saw the randall cobb show week three they said they were going to spread the ball around. You're mixing in some tight ends. You're mixing in some running backs. We haven't seen Duke Johnson the last two weeks, but at some point he's going to come back and ruin everybody's uh, week. Still potentially like Fuller the best. He was uh, playable yesterday. He would have been a, a decent flex. I played him in a couple spots, but this this is another one that feels like it may be another month or so before we get a feel for how the Texans are going to play God. God, I hope they get to play against a non top five defense at some point too.
1: Yeah. 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 As we talked about their their schedule to open up the year is uh, absolutely brutal. Uh, I'm with you on the fuller thing though. I think fuller, he's the one guy you, you likely have him. You drafted him high. He's at least a worthy flex option. I doubt he's going to get you the zero points. He got you last week. I, but he's up in there. I think for me, it's just Watson. Because even though David Johnson got you the 12 points, he did not look good. He What was wow. it, 12 carries for 23 yards <laughs> yesterday? Yeah.
2: That 16-team uh, league where I, I had to start somebody and I picked Steven Sims, I was choosing between him and Randall Cobb. And I am currently down 10 points with Mark Andrews going against Hollywood Brown tonight. And I'm thinking to myself, I screwed that up.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's Randall Cobb. You know, it's 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 always easy to go back and have like the, uh, you know, the Monday morning quarterback thing in hindsight's 2020 20 and all that. I mean, I would have done the same thing. Steven Sims going up against the Browns defense versus Randall Cobb and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, yeah, you just never know. On a uh, Pittsburgh side, uh, Ben Roethlisberger 19 points, James Connor 24, Juju 16, and E Braun 16 as well. Deontay Johnson. It's another guy that screwed me heavily this week. Uh, unfortunately, due to the concussion, concussion. Not anything. Yeah, he gets the concussion very early on. Uh, no one else really does anything receiver wise. It's just Juju. Ebron, though, does have the big game. Do you think that's more a coincidence due to or, or more a reaction to Johnson going out? Or do you think this was more of, you know, Ebron's now coming on in this offense like we talked about earlier? This is the kind of time you expect these guys to start showing up as it would be starting toward the actual season time had we had preseason games.
2: Yeah, it might be a product of, of the defense they are facing. You know, in week one, I think we saw Kelsey have success where some of the receivers didn't have incredible success. I was honestly a little bit surprised. We had talked about, you know, is Chase Claypool going to going to get a chance? Houston, not an incredible defense. It um, yeah. didn't look like he was able to get going at all. Uh, I, they did have a little bit more lo- luck an Anthony McFarlane kind of mixing in there, which just yeah. must kill the Benny Snell people who went and blew their fab on him week two, because now he was, he was like the third or fourth best rushing option for Pittsburgh. Cause I think they had a receiver who had some carries too. So just kind of a, Connor looks like a a good bet. Week one looks like that was really was an injury or possibly some kind of dispute with the coaches, which was a rumor. He has been pretty solid workhorse the last two weeks and he's looked pretty good doing it. Juju still seems to be pretty solid. It's going to be interesting. You know, they, they're another team. They have Washington. We've seen him have a big week. We've seen Claypool have a big week and we've seen Ebron have a big week. I think, The reality is with no preseason, with a lot of these teams either returning people from injury or returning new parts, it may be another month from now before we have some certainty with some of these outlying pieces, and it may continue all season to be a week-to-week. A lot of these teams have two or three guys you can bank on and two or three guys that are going to go off at any one moment.
1: Yeah, I think it's just Juju, Connor. I mean, what are your thoughts on Big Ben? He He's looked better outside of that first game, which may have been just him taking the rust off. With I mean, again, he'd missed pretty much the whole year. But
2: I got frustrated and put Ben in instead of uh, Breeze yesterday.
1: and then, well, hey, okay. that's a good thing. That's a good thing. At least – wait, how good did Breeze do? Breeze went on. Breeze off. ended up better. Oh, Breeze yeah, did, he did, better. didn't he? I forgot about that.
2: I was like – um Ben's looked okay he looks like he's a solid QB too in my opinion I we haven't really seen him take the ceiling off but he seems to have a pretty stable floor especially with all the weapons they have around him
1: and I would say as much as it sucked again it's not like Johnson's fault or anything he got a concussion if he's able to come back I'm still trusting him moving forward he's looked good it's just unfortunate that he got a concussion uh Jets Colts uh Jets lose this one 36 to 7. On the Jets side, Sam Darnold, six points. Caitlin Balage 10. Frank Gore seven. <sighs> Braxton Berrios. Yeah, let's get t- to our t- friend
2: Dennis. Berrios may actually be a decent deep
1: league flex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was another guy that I had a chance to start and I didn't. Uh with the he was the one I was trying to think of with. It was him and T. Higgins, and I didn't start either one of them. I left Devontae Adams in my lineup. And uh Chris Herndon at five point one. I mean, I guess it is. Braxton Berry is the only player you're starting on this team. Are you starting him? I mean, I just I can't. There I my, I would not like to start
2: anyone if I could. I believe yeah. the Jets might actually be the worst team in football. This week in particular, the Thursday night game is the Denver Broncos oh, at Denver. the New York Jets. <laughs> I know. prepare for that three to nothing goodness and you know i have to watch every single snap because they're my own boys
1: yeah yeah it's gonna be a fun game I, w- I was just gonna wait till thursday to start talking about that because i don't i feel like spending any more time on that right now is not gonna be fun uh on indy side here rivers 12 points taylor 13 Hines 10 Pittman 5 hilton 8 and why did I just forget how to say his first name? Mo Ali Cox. I want to. I wanted to call him Demonte Cox for some reason. Mo Ali Cox. Fourteen points. Uh, I think the reason this game when it went away, I saw a lot of Taylor owners panicking throughout the day. I think it's because of the defense. Two touchdowns yeah. on the defense. The a safety. Out. Yeah, like. I, I toward the end of the game, Wilkins was getting a lot of the run. I think just because they were up so much, there's no point in having mm-hmm. your guy like Taylor out there. Cause they don't want him to get hurt. So it sucks. It's
2: um, saw uh, Dennis yeah. post Pittman's injured. now. Yeah. Too. He they, is, uh, he's
1: handball. out till, till week eight. I just saw the tweet that popped up right after Dennis posted that. So yeah, he Pittman is out till week eight. Uh, but yeah, I think, I honestly think that's why Taylor didn't get as much run there at the end of the game. You don't want to get your guy hurt. The game is in hand. It sucks for us as fantasy owners, but it makes sense for the NFL side. So for me, you know, obviously Pittman going down is not good. Uh, I think that might increase Hilton stock some, but I think that does increase Mo Alley Cox's. We saw Doyle played and Mo Alley Cox was still the guy. So I think for me, it's, it's, it's Taylor and Cox here. I'm, hesitant to trust hilton but he did look better yesterday than he has so far this season so what are your takeaways from the colts
2: yeah hilton's going to be tough to trust because zach pascal is probably going to mix in we've actually seen him have a better fantasy season as sad as it is um but yeah cox i was wrong about that i thought doyle if he came back was you know was going to be in line for a good season but it looks like there's maybe a changing of the guard there. Yeah. Um, and I still think Hines is flex worthy. Uh, you're going to see what you're going to see both Hines and Taylor, I think have their work curtailed because they simply weren't needed.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Panthers chargers. This did not go the way that I expected it to Panthers win this one. 21 to 16, Teddy Bridgewater, 14 points, Mike Davis, 23, Robbie Anderson, 10, Curtis Samuel 9 and DJ Moore 8. It's quiet day for the receivers, but Davis does come through. If you're the CMC owner and you were able to get him, he comes through for you. I think he's. we talked about it on the, the Tuesday podcast last week and Friday. If you got him, play him in place of CMC. I won't lie. I didn't expect him to put up 23 points, but still. If you or got if you're him, not
2: the CMC owner and you snaked him in every place yeah. and put him in your lineup.
1: There you go. You're happy. Yeah, you're good to go. As long as CMC is out, which you've got likely three more weeks at least, you're going to be happy. Uh, you're taking anything away from these receivers. I'm very curious by how productive Robbie Anderson has been in the past, and, and maybe this is a Jets thing. We have not seen him be that good, but he really seems to be the focal point for this offense.
2: He had the history with Matt Rule, um, and he was kind of, you know, Beside Bridgewater, their big free agent signing, they saw something that they thought he would fit and be a good fit, and he does seem to consistently be the target leader. I still think Moore is going to be okay with Quiet Day, um, but but the Chargers actually have some decent corners. Um, Moore, I think, started catching more passes once Harris went out. I think the one that's going to be hurt is Curtis Samuel. There was a lot of hope.
1: so but. I said sell now. He got nine points. Sell now. Sell now if you can. That's
2: the thing. I don't think you're going to get the breakout. This offense cannot support more than two receivers. That's why tight end give up any hope you had for Ian Thomas to me. They can't support more than two receivers with having a a running back, and it seems like the running back situation is kind of where they're going to go
1: yeah i mean i i don't know if you'd be able to buy robbie anderson but he's someone i'm 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 kind of intrigued by because like just been, i do think it was only a one-year contract so there's a shot he may not be there next year but still they they clearly like getting him involved and he he looks completely different in this offense than he did with the jets last year on the chargers side herbert 14 points eckler 31 josh kelly 5 keenan allen 30 and hunter henry 10 so the demise of Austin Eckler is not quite what we all thought it was going to be after week one, but we did talk about, we thought once Herbert came in, at least I knew once Herbert came in, I thought Eckler's value would shoot back up. I thought Herbert looked good. Obviously I wish he would have gotten his first win. That was kind of what I was rooting for here. I mean, for me, I think we talked about it Monday and then probably Friday with Dennis too. that the, all these guys are playable as long as Herbert's the quarterback Eckler, Allen, and Henry. Those guys seem to get targeted a ton once Herbert's in there. Do you think there's any shot they go back to Tyrod Taylor?
2: I don't think they can. That's not a genie you can put back in the bottle. Yeah. Um, And the offense just looks better. You know, unless we just weren't aware, and Taylor's injury is what held them back week one. I just don't see you drafted Herbert to be your franchise quarterback. Maybe you were going to try to roll him in there um, a little bit slower, but once he's in there, he's looked pretty good. They've had a chance to win both these ball games, unless even if he kind of falls off a little bit in one or two weeks, you got to let him go through those growing pains. I don't think you can go back now unless your plan is to seriously consider Tyrod Taylor as your permanent starter.
1: Don't ever pull him out. He's amazing. And I told you guys he was amazing.
2: But I mean, that's I'm sure you don't disagree, even just beyond your Herbert love. Once you can't really take your rookie who you drafted at pick six in the first round, you know, if they put Tua in and he looks good and they were like, Hey, we you know, we missed just Magic's beard. So we're gonna put him no, that's not gonna work. You don't see and teams that have done that, look at the I would argue part of the problem we probably have with Dwayne Haskins is they did everything humanly possible to shatter his confidence by putting him in and pulling him out and putting him in and pulling him out. You know, we even saw New York last year have to make the tough decision to take a guy who's potentially a hall of fame candidate in Eli Manning and say, your time's over. This is our guy for the future. We put him at, he, you know, he came in earlier than we thought, but he's got to stay now. I, I just don't see how, Anthony Lynn can keep saying Tyrod won't lose his job, and it's really unfortunate if that if that's you know that seems to be truly what happened, that he sort of got jobbed that way. But you you can't go back.
1: No, I, I agree with you that then Haskins was the one that I was going to go to. I was like, if Herbert was playing that bad, then I could understand it. But he's not; he's playing phenomenal, and I I agree with you one hundred percent. Like that's always been my biggest argument for Haskins is that you had a head coach out here saying hey like i don't want this guy i don't want him to play that's going to shatter your confidence some herbert has has looked amazing he deserves to be the starter it does suck for tyrod we all like tyrod but at this point you just can't go back to him tampa bay at denver tampa bay wins this one 28 to 10 tom brady 23 points leonard fournette who Definitely he was supposed to take over the backfield. Four points. Ronald Jones, nine. Mike Evans, 14. Chris Godwin, 17. Scotty Miller, 11. Gronk, 10. And O.J. Howard, seven. Brady in the passing game have a good game here. Uh, Godwin uh, was looking good, then gets the hamstring injury. I think you're playing regardless. Any of those guys, whenever they're starting, you're playing them, even though Mike Evans got, what, yeah. two catches, but both of them touchdowns, so that he saves your day. <laughs>
2: Kevin, that's been the case uh, two of the three weeks because week one, he had done nothing until literally he found a two-yard touchdown catch. So, it's just classic. Scotty Miller is actually the one they took a deep shot to, which Mm -hmm. gave me a moment of pause.
1: What are we doing with the running backs? I mean, we all thought Ronald Jones was done Rojo
2: has had more snaps than Fournette every game, including... Uh, last week and this week And he actually, to me, watching Looked better yeah. uh, Than Fournette I think it's it's going to be a dreadful Committee like it was with him And Peyton Barber last year And that's going to be a real Bummer for fantasy But That's kind of what it looks like And I honestly don't know if their running game Is very good, period
1: Yeah, I mean See, it's. I want to say, if you can avoid starting him, do it. But I feel like with as many injuries that there are, you just can't at this point. You have to have these guys in. So if I had to pick one, I'm sticking with Ronald Jones. I mean, we all thought he was done after that fumble last week, and then he comes out there, has the more snaps, has the better day. I think you just kind of have to stick with Ronald Jones. It sucks, but it is what it is. At this point, any fantasy points you can get from a starting running back for your team.
2: It's probably, unfortunately, also going to be a case of whoever's hotter. Yeah, you know, because I think in week two, the reason Fournette took off so much is because he was looking really good and he had the hot hand. And the reason Fournette came out after starting on Sunday was he looked like he couldn't do anything
1: for your Denver Broncos. Jeff Driscoll 10 points, Melvin Gordon seven, Jerry Judy 10, Tim Patrick 14, KJ Hamler five, and Noah Font. Not Fant, is it Fant or Fonts? I always mess that up. Fant, okay, Fant, okay. Nine points on the Broncos. I mean, like, what, what are we doing? As you mentioned, they got the quick turnaround Thursday night against a hope, what looks like a get-right team in the New York Jets. Yeah. But I guess at this point, so, you never know.
2: Thursday night, give me, you know, give me Melvin Gordon pretty high because the Jets have not been able to stop running backs. There is an open question here in Denver about whether they're going to look at starting Brett Ripon or God help me, Blake Bortles. Uh, Driscoll did not look good. The team did not look good. Jarrell Casey now gone for the year. It's hard to trust, uh, you know, Phantom still playing. It's hard to trust the receivers yeah. until we can, you know, the quarterback play is not very good. Blocking is not very good. Melvin Gordon really has not looked very good, but I think it's an excellent matchup this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least hopefully we'll we'll get some kind of fantasy points out of this one just with the, you know, de- bad How defense do- on Jets side. Lind-
2: if Lindsay comes back this week, though, it's very possible that with their time split, neither of them puts up huge points even against a good matchup. I don't think it's going to be high scoring.
1: Oh, yeah, no, neither do I uh upset of the century here the Detroit Lions beat the Cardinals 26 23 I don't know what it is about this matchup but even last year this is one that went to overtime and they tied right last year
2: yeah yeah, they tied uh
1: Detroit side Stafford 18 points Adrian Peterson 9 DeAndre Swift 2 Kenny Galladay 17 Marvin Jones 8 TJ Hawkinson 9 and I don't know who this is Is It Jesse James
2: yeah Jesse James 11 points
1: out a touchdown Good for him, I guess.
2: Because, of course,
1: yeah. Because twenty twenty. Uh, so Matt Patricia saw my uh my my Twitter thread on DeAndre Swift and why you should start him because of what he's done in the past, and decided to say yeah. I am going to show this guy, and had just completely messed up everything that I wanted so for DeAndre I was Swift. Looking
2: at Lions snap counts for running back. Yeah. Uh. So surprisingly, Dennis is right. Carry on Johnson 2019 20. 19, 20. He seems to consistently be the same no matter what. His production, very much TD-dependent because I didn't realize he played 20 snaps on Sunday looking at the box score. Uh, Adrian Peterson, 24-15-40 this week. Swift, 34-26. This is the first game we saw Kenny Galladay. I too soon to tell too small of a sample size, whatever was swift playing more because they were missing their receiver and they wanted more pass catching and what they really want to do. Or, you know, I made this joke in our Twitter chat, you know, Matt Patricia spends a lot of time with Bill Belichick. The most Belichick thing in the world is, one week you're going great guns and giving 40 snaps to one running back. The next week he gets five and you, you go to somebody else. You know, you pull Jonas Gray up out of nowhere and give him four touchdowns. Very alarming, the the Detroit running back usage and production.
1: Yeah, as much as I hate to say it, I feel like I've probably been the biggest um... Guy backing Swift on this podcast so far, I think you've got to bench him and, until they figure something out, or until one of those Especially other. Actually, guys- since they were
2: successful this week, you know, yeah. they moved, they pulled Swift out and they beat a good team on the road. Yeah. That, that's even more kind of depressing. You know, are they saying, "Hey, we can grind down the clock with Adrian Peterson, protect our defense, and then we've got a Kenny back"? So, and we've got Jesse James apparently
1: yeah and it, it sucks too because i think swift is is by far the best back out of those three but it just doesn't look like until matt patricia gets fired this year that that's going to matter
2: well this this really was the pattern a lot of times with Theo Riddick too just about the time you got excited about him being like a high-end rb2 with all of his usage to you had a game where he fundamentally didn't exist
1: so michael Pittman had surgery for compartment leg syndrome in his calf that's what i'm now reading
2: well, they're gonna be good luck if he comes back week eight. That's the one where you could potentially lose your limb if they don't cut it yeah. open.
1: They're what they're saying on here is that the surgery went well and he should be back the game after their bye. So likely week eight. That's what they're saying on Twitter. That's what Ian Rappaport just reported. So I'm not gonna hold my breath. Uh, Arizona side, Kyler Murray, 21 points. Kenyon Drake, 9. Chase Edmonds, 5. DeAndre Hopkins, 23. And Andy Isabella, 20. Uh, We kind of talked about Drake Friday, how even though he looked a little bit more involved in this offense, it's it's really Kyler Murray and his running that has hurt Drake. I think you still got to keep playing him. Hopkins looked like Hopkins. Andy Isabella, he's been out there a lot the past two games, comes through big in this one. Are you starting to trust him moving forward?
2: Yeah, he he looked good in week two, you know, with the big long pass. We have definitely seen that Christian Kirk. They can't seem to get rhythm. Fitzgerald has not been. Uh, yeah, that compartment syndrome's no joke. That's
1: bringing us down, Dennis. Well, I was, you know, I was all in on Michael Pittman.
2: I know that it makes me nervous, um, but. You know, they need to have somebody other than Hopkins that they can trust and rely on as a receiver. We haven't seen it really be Drake. We haven't seen it be Kirk. We haven't seen it be Fitzgerald through a couple of games. I'm encouraged. I'm not ready to just say it's Andy Isabella yet, but I thought he may, he's made the most of his opportunities I heard. I think it was Mark Schlereth who was calling the Denver game last week talking about most players in the NFL are not first and second round picks. They're third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted guys who made the most of their opportunity when an injury happened or when a need arose and they came out and they showed why they deserve more snaps and that's how they got to be uh, what they are. So, you know, that to me, Isabella is making a strong case with with the snaps he's getting.
1: Yeah, he he's definitely a guy watching. I'm not sure I'm putting him on my um uh, I'm not sure. That's messed up, man. It's messed up. King Butler is well, better than Andy Isabella. All right. He deserves to still be on that team. Uh,
2: yeah, that's I, all right. I started Larry Fitzgerald over Andy Fitz Andy Isabella in one league, so I kinda looked at that and thought, well, that happened.
1: But uh, he's definitely someone I'm watching. I mean, it can't always be DeAndre Hoppy. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that. It can't be. We saw that in Houston, and it might actually happen here in Arizona. But I I would imagine someone else will definitely take a step forward on that offense, and it looks like it's going to be Isabella over Kirk and Fitzgerald right now. So he's definitely worth watching. Uh, the last two games here, both of the probably two of the most exciting games of the weekend. Cowboys lose to the Seahawks 31, 38 on Dallas side, Dak Prescott, 27 points Zeke, 17, Michael Gallup, 25, Cedric Wilson, 27. I'm still kind of confused by that. Amari Cooper, 17, CD lamb, 11 and Dalton Schultz, eight Cedric Wilson, the now new number one for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes.
2: Just pissed piss me off so much. Oh, I know. I'm right there with you. I mean, I was happy about Gallup, except for that this was the week that I finally decided that I needed to pull him out of all my starting lineups. Yeah. So I, part of me was like, way to go, boy. And part of me was like, oh, my God. Yep. Um, Yeah, Dallas, just an embarrassment of Rich's. I don't know if it was just the matchups or... Because no one was hurt. I went and looked. You know, Cooper was in there the whole game and was catching balls. I thought maybe Lamb got hurt, but no.
1: Yeah, I know. I I, mean, I don't even know what to think. For me, no. If he does it again next week, great. I'll pick him up. But no, I think it, it just had to have been a product of the matchups. I know Adams got hurt in that as well. I, I didn't get to see this full game because I was eating with my family. But I, I saw the back part, and that's what I thought too. When I saw Wilson in there, I was like, wait, who got hurt? Then I'm watching him and I see Gallup make a big play. Lamb's in there. There goes Amari Cooper. And I was like, I, I, all right, okay, cool, I guess. So, yeah, I'm not – it's just one of those weird games. where You're going to see that every once in a while where you have all these studs and then it's just a random dude. Like we've seen it out of Noah Brown too at times for the Cowboys. There's been games where they, last year they had Gallup and Cooper and um, Witten was still playing pretty good. Zeke, Randall Cobb, and you're expecting – and then Noah Brown has a game. You're like, what?
2: everyone except for Terrence Williams.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> On Seattle's side here, Russell Wilson, as we've been talking about at the beginning of the podcast, just playing out of his mind. 36 points. Chris Carson, 10. DK Metcalf, 19. Could have had a lot more. Tyler Lockett, 37. And Greg Olson, 11. Wilson playing as a front runner and MVP right now. Hope I, I hope he wins it. We talked about yeah. this in the preseason. Never gotten a, a first-place vote for MVP. I think... Allen's in the discussion but for me it's it's Wilson right now and I would say almost not even close like I think he's yeah. he's just better. Uh Chris Carson gets the knee sprain on um you know excuse my language a bullshit injury that that Gator roll was complete bush league in my opinion by the Dallas defender. Uh he's likely going to be out a couple weeks. Is Carlos Hyde worth picking up for you or is it Travis Homer? Hyde
2: is the one that I want because he's been mixing in. But I saw a report today that he hasn't been ruled out for week four, that it wasn't as serious, I guess, as they thought. But to me, that's one that you're going to have to kind of watch. But Hyde, you know, they picked up Hyde for a reason. He ran for 1,000 yards for Houston last year, and he's looked good when he's come in for them. The one that I'll be curious about is to see if this kind of gets DJ Dallas a chance because Hyde, not, not an incredible pass catcher. So you could see them mixing in, splitting.
1: I hope so. I like DJ Dallas. I've got him on a couple of my taxi squads mm-hmm. right now. I'd, I'd like to see him get more involved. Last game, Sunday night, Packers beat the Saints 37-30. Aaron Rodgers, 24 points. Aaron Jones, 16. Alan Lazard. That's right. Alan Lazard, 26 points. And then Mike Tanyan, 16 poor jay sternberger man like what i think it's guy? robert tanyan it robert tanyan i don't know tanyan robert tanyan
2: 16th lewis about, got a to touchdown
1: all i care about is jay sternberger and why he's not playing I uh, a
2: couple of passes did you i don't yeah, know if you, i did see that. yeah it's like i know that first game uh, was on pretty late for you
1: first regular season catch because i know he's got one in the playoffs last year but he's not had a catch in the regular season until last night yeah that's all that uh so solid game for the packers here lazard goes off is he flex worthy for me absolutely i said he was better than mvs he proved it. did you see him in rogers yesterday they were bonding he's wiping the sweat off of his face you don't see him doing that with mvs because mvs don't matter that's why But go ahead Channel your inner Dennis, because I know it's coming. You guys love your MVS. Give it to me. MVS
2: had uh, a better coverage matchup. They tried to get him the ball a few times. Um, I'm pretty sure he had uh, – I can't think of his name. Vladimir. Yeah, Latimer. So, you know, he got a couple bombs. He looked, he looked good. They were able to take some shots. Um, but I think you know if you're out there on the field for with Aaron Rodgers, you always have a chance. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm vaulting in, you know either of those guys up past the Alan 40s. Devonte Adams is there.
1: Alan Lazard all day, top two, top, wide receiver two. Rest of the season, I feel it. It's coming.
2: If I don't see him ranked at 18 when you release your rankings on Wednesday. <laughs>
1: He'll be at 24 because I said wide receiver two. He'll be at 24 every single week now moving forward. No, nah, I'm with you. It was a tough matchup. I just, I, I like that he went off because I've looked wrong the past two weeks because MVS has been looking good, and now Lazard comes back after week one and, and, and looks good. But uh, it, I'm with I you. It's going to be hard to start either one. I don't of think – consi-
2: of- yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't think consistently that you can say one's going to be above the other necessarily going yeah. forward. I mean – you were right about Lazard playing more snaps, I thought MVS is a guy they were taking shots to because he frequently had the better matchup. Last night, it seemed like Lazard had the better matchup.
1: On the Saints side, Drew Brees, 23 points, Alvin Kamara, 44, Emmanuel Sanders, 15, and Jared Cook, 4. Couldn't get 6? Help me win a couple matchups, Cook. I'd appreciate it.
2: He got hurt, too.
1: Uh, breeze definitely looked better in this one obviously kamara went off i think the reason breeze looked better though is because he was able to dump the ball off to kamara like after five yards which i think and sanders they were
2: finally able he was finally able to make a not just two yards and a drop off but a, a decent depth connection to sanders I think
1: the way they were using Kamara in the short area of the field shows just how much they miss Michael Thomas. Uh, but with Michael Thomas likely being out at least a couple more weeks, is this vaults Kamara into the RB1 consideration for you?
2: You know, I said preseason. Um, I know you guys laughed at me a little bit. that I thought yeah, Kamara, I could do, Kamara could do 1,000-1,000. 1, 1,
0: yeah.
2: I'd like to see a little more on the – terms of rushing yards, but he has 153 rushing yards and three touchdowns. He has 27 receptions for 285 yards and three touchdowns. already has six touchdowns. CMC is going to miss at least a month. Saquon's gone. Ezekiel Elliott, I like Ezekiel Elliott. If he was number one, it wouldn't shock me, but he has much, much more competition for touches. And you, you have games like, you know, I know he had 17 points, but he – was not a huge factor in that yeah. that game yesterday. The same thing happens to Aaron Jones. He has incredible games and then goes away. Derrick Henry doesn't have the kind of passing upside same I would say for Chubb. So when you're looking at kind of the options, if Kamara's can continue to just be hammering both aspects, I think he's got a real shot. And, you know, this is what I a lot of us had hoped to see last year and he got banged he, he got banged up early, and we never really saw it materialize. And he said he played almost the entire season last year at seventy yeah. percent, and so he kind of had to wonder: you know, was that true? Is that coach because It looks like it was true. He has some pop. He has some speed. He's making some things happen.
1: Yeah, as as of three forty three p.m. Central Time, Texas. I'm just. Make sure this is recording, uh, Matt Bruning. I this is Matt Bruning speaking. Uh, I was wrong on Kamara. I'm gonna go ahead and take the L right now. Not even gonna wait any longer. I was. I wanted. I don't want to say I was out on him, but I think I had him at five or six. I just. I wasn't fully believing in him handling the workload. He's shown it the past three weeks. There's no point point in to worry about it anymore. Of course, he's gonna end up getting hurt this week, and yeah, then. But I, I'm all in. Kamara looks amazing. You did forget one running back though that has a shot to finish his RB one. Dalvin Cook, no, Dallin sorry, I forgot about that. Jonathan uh, Taylor, baby, Jonathan Taylor. It's Jonathan Taylor season. It's gonna happen. Just you watch. But that'll do it for us tonight. We've got uh We'll be back tomorrow with uh, probably I, I'm hoping is gonna be eventually the best game of the weekend in Chiefs uh, Ravens. It's shaping up to be a very good game. At least who you picking to win? I can't remember who you picked to win Friday.
2: <laughs> so going into the Sunday night game. My wife and I were tied in picks and she uh-huh. picked Green Bay and I picked the Saints and she picked the Chiefs and I picked the Ravens so I yeah. really
1: need the Ravens to win.
2: This is not a game that I feel good about picking either team because yeah. of my fandom. I would like them all to lose. I really can't stand the Ravens and obviously the Chiefs are a division rival, but for yeah. the purposes of me having peace in my in my home, I need the Ravens to come through.
1: Yeah, I picked the Chiefs. It's, it should definitely be a, a good game, but me and Matt will be back tomorrow. Probably usual time. I got off a little bit earlier today, so we went a little bit early. Uh, we'll be back normal time tomorrow. We'll break down the Chiefs and Ravens game, and we will talk about waiver wire targets for week four. Prepare for glory!
0: I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out like the room line already. It is the end zone! an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. one up above his head. They can't jump with me, golly! Or oh, will they tackle him 4 the old Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!